Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> My name is Quincy. Hashtag 
T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 500 and what is this, 539? Starts right after a word from The Crystal Show. From a pimp's perspective, featuring Eminem, make sure you're tuning in live exclusively on The Crystal Show. What up, Chris? What up, Radio World? It's your boy, Eminem, a.k.a. My Mind. Yeah, money maker, the whole breaker. Yeah, mister, she get laid, I get paid, motherfucker. You know, I'm the face that's never sad. Sweetie, I'm the dad you never hate. When times are rough and things are tough, sugar don't think too hard. There's always mother makers credit card. So sit back and listen to my directive as I give you this real shit from a pimp's perspective. Mm, give it to me, daddy. For those of you who have not heard The Pimp's Perspective over on The Crystal Show, you have got to check it out. Eminem addresses many different topics from a pimp's perspective, and uh, it's his usual entertaining self. So uh, you all have got to check it out if you haven't already. All right. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. You know, movies have come a long way since I was a kid. Um, You know, the special effects are so realistic these days that you'll temporarily forget that dinosaurs don't exist or that there isn't a rebel colony in outer space. But what hasn't changed are the storylines. Reboot after reboot after reboot. I mean, is Hollywood out of stories to tell? Are we going to be forever subjected to cinema remixes? We'll discuss this and more on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, no experts, just opinions. To the phones I go, to the 865 area code, the volunteer state of Tennessee, and welcome on Daddy Rich. What's happening, man? What's going on? How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing well, well. What's up? Is Crystal on here? No, she's not on yet. Okay, okay. What's good tonight? Let's see. Well, let me go to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline, Professor Code of Florida. Welcome on the man in black, the homie Buck. Buck, what's going on, man? You on with us? Buck. Biggity, biggity, Buck. All right. I know he was having problems earlier, so I'll have to try to come back to him. But in the meantime, Daddy Rich, me and you, we'll go ahead and get things kicked off, man. And so, all right, um, you know, when it comes to, to movies, a lot of things have, have changed. But as far as Hollywood goes, DR, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being very satisfied, how satisfied with you with Hollywood and the movie scene right now? Mm. Man, 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 I'm, I'm trying to review right now what's, what's been out and what's going on 
uh, I'm gonna say, man, I'm gonna give it about a five or six, man. Oh, that low? Man, maybe, maybe, you know, in between five and and, and seven at the most, man. I, you know, it's been, it's not been much that I've been interested in, but I really don't watch too many movies. Uh, I like older stuff, man. Some of this newer stuff, like I said, is not is not as interesting as older movies that you know that I've watched, man. Uh, you know, so I would have to say between five and seven right now, man. They're not just not as I don't know. Just ain't the same. Okay. And we got another caller calling in from the 732 area code, the Garden State of New Jersey. I welcome on the show enforcer, Ray. Ray, what's happening, man? Hey, what's up, Q? I'm not sure if that was Buck and Daddy Rich, but what's up, y'all? That was DR. What'd it do? Uh All right, what's up? All right, to the 517 area code I go, the Motor City of Detroit area, and welcome on the author, the show hostess, the show legend, Crystal Hickerson. Chris, what's going on? Thank you, how are you? Doing well. And I'll give you two the same question I gave DR. And um, Ray, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being very satisfied, how happy with you with um, Hollywood and the movie industry right now? Um, I'll probably say about a seven. I think it's pretty good. You know, I, I I like comedies and dramas. All that other stuff I really don't care for. You know, The Matrix and, you know, Star Wars. You keep them kind of movies. But they're doing pretty well with dramas and comedies. So i say about a seven, seven, seven and a half. Crystal, what about you? Uh, well, it's hard to rate it on the general scale, but I guess I could give it about an eight. Okay, I mean, you've scored the highest so far. And why so, why so high for you? Well, because like? I, I look at a lot of different types of movies, and... Um, so just from the general movies that I watch, I think they're pretty good. Of course, you're going to get some very basic movies in the mix because, you know, people just want to check. And and so nothing wrong with that. Okay. So I give it an eight. All right, cool. And uh, I, I kind of give it a seven. I think it's decent. I think it lacks some... Um, Creativity at times, but we'll 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 get into that in just a little bit. Um, D- Daddy Rich, are you happy with the diversity of actors and actresses, or even directors? You know, in in Hollywood right now, are, are you seeing enough uh, of of some of everybody? Johnny Depp is very diverse and very versatile. He is a great actor. Uh, I'm happy with people like him. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, I guess I mean like people of of color, minorities, or women, or you know, of different genders. I mean, as far as overall diversity, 
I think that that uh, it has people of color of getting are getting more now. We're starting to get a little more, as you can see, with the Star Wars thing. I can't believe that man. People over a daggum movie, man, would just act that way over a, a actor, man. What would the guy kill the Star <laughs> Trooper? <laughs> yeah. The wife come home and kill herself, man, for real. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's a movie, man. This stuff's not real. But, but you know, uh, you man, can't I, really be... It's hard to feel sad that he's gone. For <laughs> <laughs> mindset like that. That's just crazy. Right there, that... <laughs> you're right. That is... This is hard. But, I mean, as you can see, we, we are getting better roles from the Sanford and Son and the, the bull crap like that that we used to get, man. You know, the stuff that they expected, you know, this is how it's supposed to be, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it does need to get a little, little better, man, where we are more leads, man, you know, just like the James Bond situation where they were talking about the, I forget the guy's name, they said he was too delicate. Yeah, now what kind of crap is that, man? This The James Bond they have now is off the Richter scale. He does things outside the box, man. You know, he's kind of like the, the transporter guy. He might do some drugs at his point. You never know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this dude's un, 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 uh, you can't really call him. He's, he's, he's sketchy, you know. But I don't know, man. It's, you know, it's, they do need more. They need more black women lead roles, more black men lead roles, man, because our culture is dominative in America right now. So why not, you know? Okay. And, Crystal, what do you think um, about the diversity and um, the movie industry right now, even from directors? Well, I would say, first of all, um, uh, Johnny Depp is Cherokee, so he's kind of diverse. But um, he's very very proud of his uh, heritage. But anyway, um, as far as, you know, blacks, you know, I mean, there are movies out there, okay? And if you talk about blockbusters, you know, it is what it is as far as, you know, they are all about what's going to sell and what's going to put asses in the seats. So then you have a handful of those people. Uh, some are black and some are not. Most are not. But um, you want to just talk about movies, period? I mean, there's plenty of movies being made. Uh, a lot of them go straight to video. Um, or they're in a different kind of a genre that may not make it to the major movie screens, but they do make it to some major cities. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it's out there. You may have to do some research in order to get it. Um, uh, it's not going to be big budget. A lot of them aren't big budget. And that's, that's not even just black. There, there are a lot of good movies that are being made that you don't see on your, you know, commercials and they're not very commercialized because that's not what the big budgets are doing. But there are some really good movies that are being being made. They're more on the independent level. Independents are really um, more doing more these days. It's just, of course, you got you got to do your research um, as far as finding these movies and you have to be a person who really likes movies in order to find them, so... Yeah, I agree with you. It's almost like looking for music sometimes. You have to really be willing to search for it. Yep. And um, so, Ray, let's talk about 
remakes and reboots. Uh, you know, they're starting Spider-Man over for the third time. They're rebooting the Star Wars series to a certain extent. Um, you know, you have people who want to redo classic movies from back in the day and things of that nature. Uh, how do you feel about that? Do you think that Hollywood has just run out of stories to tell and that's why they're kind of just borrowing from the past? Or do you think it's just, you know, trying to take something classic and make it better? Oh, uh, absolutely not. I think when you have something classic, you have to remake it. And, you know, as long as you do it properly, I mean, it's kind of like Jordan's. You know, all the Jordans that sell are, are, you know, Jordans from retro Jordans. So there's nothing wrong with classics. Keep coming up with new ideas and new ways to reinvent the classic as long as you don't uh, mess it up. And I think they've done an excellent job with remaking movies and, you know, adding on different characters and stuff like that. So I don't see a problem with it. Okay. DR, how do you feel? You have to repeat the question. <laughs> um, how do you feel I'll... about Hollywood remaking so many movies from back in the day? Are they running out of ideas, or are they just taking a classic movie and trying to make it better? It's the same thing with music. These cats are lazy. They do not want to do anything for themselves. They're making their marks by using, utilizing other people's stuff. Uh, creativity is there, but it's just not used. It is, uh, it's called laziness, and it's called sampling, and it's called, hey, man, somebody, they did this. I can make it sound better, or, you know, I can remake this and modernize it. And that's what these cats are doing. I was looking at a, a post that someone had of Kanye, and it was showing all of his songs, and it showed every song that he had a hit was a song that was a remake, or he had sampled from someone and done it again. And it made him millions of dollars. And uh -huh. I think it's just the thing of just laziness, man, and people, arrogance and laziness, man, and you know, because these people watch this. Let me see. Watch. Let me show you what I can do to the people. I'm going to take this classic and make it this way and kind of mix it up a little bit and make it modernize. And they're not even going to know the difference for a minute. You know what I'm saying? And that's how that's how they're doing it now. Instead of sitting down and just coming up with something out of, you know, out of the blue like your grandma would do in the kitchen. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's okay. just laziness, man. Crystal, how do you feel? Crystal. Sorry, my hands are wet. Um, okay, about um, remaking. Um, yeah, movies. how do you feel about Hollywood remaking movies? Is it just an um, easy way out, or you know, are they genuinely trying to improve the classics? Well, I mean, the only thing I've seen um, that's really been remade, I guess, would be a lot of the, the remaking of the stories that have already been told, um, the, you know, as they mentioned, Star Wars, but that's just like an expansion of that, of that genre, just the whole, and which is fine, I mean, you have fans out there, you got to give them what they want, 
and the DC Comics and things like that, they, you know, are definitely redoing or they're redoing the same types of stories over and over again. They take one thing and then just keep expanding on it. Mm-hmm. But again, that goes back to big budget. Big budget, they don't care about artistry. Um, and they don't care about a good story. What they care about is what will bring people to the movie theaters. What's going to make them get up out of their house, not wait for Netflix, um, and go, and not even just that, but not even download, <laughs> and just decide, I'm going to get up, I'm going to spend my 20 or 30 or 50 bucks to see one movie, uh, and what's going to make me do that? So they, that's what they are concerned with. So that's why you see these kinds of things being remade because they don't care about that. They just want what worked before, what worked 10 minutes ago, let's continue that until people get sick of it, and then we'll do something else. That's all they care about. That's why you keep seeing those types of movies coming over and over and over again because mm-hmm. of the formula that's working. Okay. All right. And uh, that's probably true when you think about it. You know, you have to, I have um, surround sound in my house with with all of my TVs. So I try to, you know, have my home set in a comfortable setting to where I don't have to go to the theater. You know, I can have a big screen and nice booming sound here. So for them to convince me to come to the theater, a lot of times it does take something special. And a lot of times you can hit on that with, you know, certain remakes um, or reboots, so to speak. So uh, that's kind of how things go. And uh, real quick, I just want to mention, uh, there's like this huge storm that's coming towards Jackson that should be here like within the next 15 to 20 minutes or something like that. So if I happen to go off the air, you'll know what happened. <laughs> the power went out or something. But um, if you look at the weather radar, there's like a storm, just just big red cloud coming from Louisiana that covers everything from Brownsville, Texas, all the way up to some parts of um, Illinois and really some parts of Michigan. It's just big wave going across the country right now. So just thought I'd throw that in in case uh, things got a little bad. But anywho, um, so uh, let me ask, Ray, let me go back to you for this, Ray. And now... There are a lot of movies that are serious in nature. Of course, you know, we go to movies to be entertained, but you have movies like, you know, Amistad, Rosewood, A Time to Kill. Um, recently, you had the Fruitville Station movie. Uh, why can a movie, why is it that some movies that are serious like that, that make us really feel a certain type of emotion while watching it, why do those movies, do you think, not stick with a lot of people? Because, you know, we'll leave. Um, a movie after watching something serious like Fruitville Station Fruitville Station and we'll go out and do some of the same old crazy ignorant stuff that we were doing before we went into the theater so why do you think that it doesn't stick with us well it's hard to feel something when you don't stand for anything you know we got too many people that want to move in one direction because it's popular to do so but when you think about what you arguing about, you have to really say, damn, you know, if that if that's the actual issue, then we ought to be 
on everybody's doorstep when there's the same problem. You can't look over and say, well, one person do something, we're going to be out here by the thousands. But the next person do it, yeah, you know, we got to find something for these kids to do and Nike shouldn't be selling shoes for $300, so it's mm-hmm. Nike's fault that the guy killed him and all that bullshit. You know, we don't stand for anything. So when you say that, it's not going to be popular, but the reason why we'll say, well, we want to see movies to do this, we want to see movies with a cause, I want to see entertainment. You know, whether it's a documentary, whether it's a good movie, or whatever, but majority of the time, what makes us laugh is a bunch of nonsense because it's what reality is. We can always try to paint a picture of, you know, a black college or something being the top university in the country, but we all know that's bullshit, so why do you put mm-hmm. it out? So, you know, that that's the way I feel about it. Okay. And, um, what do you what do you think, uh, Daddy Rich? As far as movies are concerned, you know there are a lot of serious movies out there, yet we don't necessarily take them all that seriously once we leave out the theaters. Like, oh man, that was so sad what happened in Rosewood, and then we'll turn around and take something so historical and want to apply it to our lives, want to even try to read or vote or anything. Man, I mean it's. It, same way that that's happening. Uh, I mean, it's just that's just the way it is, man. You know, it's like you look at this thing with uh, the Paris thing, man, and everybody's looking at how, you know, they got messed up. You know, they got screwed up over there. Yeah, but they screwed up some folk. Just they showed the, the American people how to screw up people. You know, <laughs> basically. So you know, it's like. Man, you go to the movie and you see this screwed up stuff, man, and you know you look at it and you're like, whatever, man. You turn right back around and you're like, you know, you may do some screwed up shit. It's just the way it is, man. Okay, Crystal, what do you think? Um, okay, why don't I go to movies that? Why don't I think about the movies that are still I mean, why do some people, they can watch something like, um, you know, Mississippi Burning, and Mm -hmm. then turn right around and have, like, no conscience whatsoever when they leave there. It's like the movie is almost just entertainment. Well, okay. First of all, um, everybody knows that life sucks. Okay. And um, so, therefore, you don't want to sit around and think about this all the time or you go fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. So that's what movies and entertainment, that's why entertainment exists, so we can escape from the day-to-day bullshit. Um, And, you know, the movies such as Mississippi Burning, those types of movies, Amistad, all those are historical types of movies, mm-hmm. so therefore it's something that we can look at and we can say, okay, yes, that was a good take on that particular historical piece. Um, I can read about stuff, I can get online and I can research, um, watch a YouTube video about it, I mean, whatever. I can I can look 
I can find out all the information about that. And then when I'm done, I'm probably pretty damn depressed. Um, I can, you know, watch CNN, like, you know, whatever. But eventually, i got to stop, okay? I just want to go to the movie. I just want to see Dwayne Johnson. I just want to freaking watch fine-ass men on TV and, and, and driving, you know, fast cars. I mean, that's all I want, okay? So just let me have that, okay? I want to listen to the radio, and I don't want to hear a lot of political stuff. I just want to hear about people rapping. I mean about whatever, their dollars and, and, I don't know, whatever. I don't care. I just want to escape. Because if I have to think about this shit all the time, I would go crazy. That's, that's why people do that. That's why. Okay. All right. And let me try Buck again. Buck, are you there, man? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well, I'm man. Back. And, Buck, why do you think that some people just... um you know, they go see a serious movie, but it doesn't really stick to them, to their consciousness, you know. Just for example, you know, um, um, a, a white person can go see A Time to Kill and not feel any sympathy for black people when they leave out of the movie theater, you know. It's like it was sad for the moment, but now the movie's over, you know. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, you, see, you know, some people, you know, it really depends on your I, – I, think it really begins with your upbringing and how, you know, how you look at things. Um, if you had a good upbringing, they'll t- you know, your folks will tell you, you know, it's for the entertainment value. Um, and they've probably already gone over the seriousness of a certain book or movie. Um, if you read the book and then it comes out, you know, as a, you know, as a movie, you know, maybe your folks have already told you. I don't know about today's. So today's parents versus ours, but you know, my mom always taught me the entertainment value, regardless to what you know what you see on TV. So you know that needs to be taken into consideration every time that you you know see a movie of you know that magnitude. Um, on the other hand, I mean that you know not everybody does that. So with that being said, um, you know things happen, and you know. That's the reason why some people can go in a movie theater and it doesn't even affect them, where some people go in a movie theater and it does affect them. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to take a quick break for about, I don't know, a little over two minutes and hear from Anytime Voice and My Hebrew Roots. Anytimevoice.com. We offer finest voiceover services in all the major and minor languages of the world in the fastest turnaround time. Our rates are the cheapest and accuracy 100% coupled with 24-7 customer care support. Professional voiceover services. Quick turnaround with best quality 24-7 services available. Multilingual voiceover. 100% satisfaction guarantee. 24-7 free customer support number. 1-866-220-9955. AnytimeVoice.com 
Then try all your be real. That's the better deal with them Hebrew roots. You probably don't have a clue, but it's true. It's what they do. Keeping your hair healthy with care. Watching other people stare. That's the glare. Getting rid of that dandruff. When your hair gets rough, they know when it's tough. I ain't gonna bluff. You gotta stay enough. Is enough with 12 different type of try oils. So quit acting like you ain't got no type. Follow the Hebrews right, cause the Hebrews nice tonight. Uh. My thanks to anytimevoice.com and myhebrewroots.net for both being sponsors of the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. 347-202-0215 is the number getting to the second half of this topic. And so, Ray, I know you mentioned earlier that you really didn't care for like sci-fi or, or something. But um, Daddy Rich, I'm gonna ask you what 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 movie can you, what type of movie can you do without? Like what genre, horror, action, sci-fi, musicals? I mean, what type of movie can you just just don't have to see? Man, I really don't care for the country western stuff too much. You know, I could do without that. I used to like it when I was little. Cowboy Indian shit, but that stuff nowadays, man. You know, I can just do without that, man. They, you know, they don't have that much anymore. Like that, uh, what was that? Broke Back Mountain. That that kind of stuff right there. That that there's no place for that with me. Daddy <laughs> Rich will tell you not none of that, none of that. That stuff I can do without. <laughs> okay, Crystal, what about you? Crystal, what type of movie can you do with that? What genre? Um, I guess I can do without porn. Okay. Um, I don't really watch it, so therefore, I guess I can do without it. Um, I don't particularly care for horror. I like thrillers, and I like movies that are, you know, interesting. Um, but I don't like horror because horror to me. I mean, I'm talking the little stupid horror. Um, I guess like I guess Friday the Thirteenth, that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing for me. To me, that's porn as well. I you know I call it horror porn. It's the same thing where you have no storyline. It's just a bunch of killings for shock value. So I don't really care for anything that doesn't have a storyline, a plot. Um, you know, good characters and, and all of that. So, those types of genres to me don't don't have that. So. All right, Buck. What about you, man? What type of movie can you do without? Uh, I'm gonna say horror because today's horror is just. I mean, there's really no rhyme or reason to it. There's no shock value. Um, in the, you know, in the genre anymore. Uh, all the great, all the great are either passed on or, or they're no longer doing it. And uh, the only, you know, the only one that did maybe even half, um, I guess half-ass is the best way to say it. Um, attempted making making a <clears throat> horror movie with. It. I lost you, but. 
Okay, I lost him. And um, I don't know, for me, God, that's kind of difficult. I guess it would have to be horror. I just, I'm just not that big of a fan of horror movies anymore. At one time, I used to love them. Uh, the Halloweens, The Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and then they just kind of started getting silly, you know. Even Nightmare on Elm Street kind of changed direction a little bit. Freddie became a comedian. And then you had Child's Play and Leprechaun in the Hood. And I was like, oh, Lord, this stuff has really gotten out of hand. But uh, I think I can do about horror for sure. But, um, okay, so we, we, we discussed remakes and reboots earlier. Is there a remake or a reboot that you enjoy? And, Crystal, I'll start with you. Is there a movie that's been remade that um, you actually kind of like the new one better than you do the old one? Well, I guess, uh, of course, for me, Star Trek, because, um, you know, I'm a Trekkie. The 2009, when J.J. J. Abrams came out with that one, that was amazing. And mm-hmm. for us Trekkies, who are very fanatic and crazy, um, we were thinking that that was going to fail because he was he's from the Star Wars. He loved Star Wars. He, he admitted that. Uh, so he, uh, you know, we thought, you know, this is going to be a bunch of bullshit. But he actually did his homework, and he, you know, he, he did really, really well. So, um, so that was that was really good for me. Uh, as far as and I, of course, it wasn't really a remake. It was more of a, well, I guess, a different take. It, it was a movie form as opposed to the series, you know. So that's an expansion, you know, of the franchise, like what. Star Wars is doing now is expanding their franchise. Um, I can't really think of a remake um, movie. What was it? What's what movie has been remade per se? Uh, you would ask me something, and I can't think off the top of because my head. Because the only movie I saw that was actually a remake uh, that I remember was um, the one that um, uh, you know that old movie. Uh, who was that? Uh, Puff Daddy did it. Who? Oh, Sparkle. I didn't like the first one, and I didn't like, I didn't like the, the second one either. Sparkle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like the Raisin in the Sun? Raisin in the Sun. Thank you. My God, it should have just left that shit alone. They fucked it up. So <laughs> that was the only remake I can think of that fucked up <laughs> that movie. I mean, they should just left that shit alone. It was a classic. It is a classic. I have it in my repertoire here. I love it. That shit that they did pissed me off. But, um, yeah. <laughs> that was about it. Oh, and the whole thing was, um, well, I don't want to talk about all the bad ones. I guess you were asking about the good ones, but <laughs> that was it for me. Oh, Superman. Okay, Superman. Well, Superman, they redid that movie, and um, I thought that it wasn't really an expansion it was more of a, now they're expanding it. But mm-hmm. um, I think that, I thought that they did a pretty good job um, of expanding it a little bit and, you know, trying to keep with the origin of the character, et cetera, and the storylines. So I thought they did a pretty good job. I didn't. I wasn't really impressed with the first one that they did. You know, I mean, and this is, of course, 
after uh, Christopher Reeves. So, you know, it took me a minute to get into it, but I think they worked out the kinks and they've gotten better with that. So, yeah, Superman was one of the ones. And I was like, you know, just leave that show on. But, you know. Okay. And, uh, Buck, what about you? Um, what movies have been rebooted or remade that you think the new one's better than the old one? Well, Gone in 60 Seconds, I think, was done really well. I think Nicolas Cage did a good job on that. And, you know, the remake of Gone in 60 Seconds, I thought that was done pretty good. Um, um, remake of another movie. Hmm. Well, that's the only one that really kind of comes to mind. That's probably at least two or three others that were probably, you know, remakes that were probably pretty good, but or maybe really, really bad. Um, I know that they're attempting to redo The Wizard of Oz. I saw something on the TV the other day that, you know, some the different actors. In that, the Wiz. You know, you know they, they kind of re- did that. And, you know, it was just a nice little cool take to it. But, you know, some movies are not supposed to be touched. Um, I think that would be one of them. One I would like to see remade, because I think, you know, we have enough technology to make it and probably make it look real, would be Jaws. I mean, I, I know they've been talking about doing yeah. the, uh, Jaws song, or redoing Jaws. Jaws was a, was a classic. And, uh, you know, it kind of, you know, it, it, it's still, I mean, anybody, even, that's what movie that gets kind of sticking in your head, even with the newer generation. You know, you say Jaws, they know what it is, because they've probably seen it or their parents have shown it to them or something. So, I think that's, you know, something that could be remade and it could be, you know, as long as they stay kind of close to the classic, but maybe, you know, put it in today's time. Okay. And um, Daddy Rich, did I ask you what would be a good remake or one that you've seen? Man, a good remake. Man, I don't know, man. I would like somebody to remake Jeepers Creepers, man. I, I really like that. <laughs> I never saw it. Man, it's good. I, I, I for some reason I like that. It was it was something that was uh it was off the wall with the Batman or whatever the guy was. He's some kind of bat kind of some bitch that came alive at a certain time, but it was kind of weird. Like he would come and feed. And kill motherfuckers. He would take certain things from people that he liked. You know, so I guess the things that they had their best uh, asset. It, it was crazy. You, yeah, you need to see it. I think that would be a good remake. Or, or, or how high? Oh Lord, did you say how high? Yes, I did. <laughs> or half baked. Oh my goodness. It, Anything that has to do with smoking. <laughs> I think uh, when I think about some some classic ones, um, the fly. If you saw the original fly and saw the new fly, completely different. Completely different. I think the new fly that came out in like 1986 or whatever was a lot better than the old. Um, Planet of Apes. 
Planet of the Apes. That's another good one. I think the Planet of the Apes franchise now is really good. They've done a good job of rebuilding yeah. that. Uh, yeah. King, King Kong, I think, was, was really good. Um, Ocean's Eleven. I don't know if you saw the original with Dane Martin, Frank Sinatra, and Sammy yeah. Davis. It the was good. Was good. It was, I like the new one. I like the new I one. Like the old one was good. But um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I saw the one from the 50s. And the one with Leonard Nimoy in the late seventies was, and Kiefer Sutherland was, uh, I think it was Kiefer Sutherland, was really good. And I, and I also have to, even though I'm not a a Trekkie, uh, I really enjoyed that first uh, Star Trek remake they had from five six years ago or however long it was. That Star Trek remake, yeah, two thousand and nine. Yeah, that was a really good movie. That was a yes. really good movie. Yeah, so, and you had people redo other things. Um, I think Buck had mentioned Halloween was redone by Rob Zombie. Um, True Grit was redone, redone the John Wayne movie. Um, Evil Dead. True Lies, the uh, movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger is actually um, a remake. 310 oh, okay. and Yuma. Uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Hairspray was redone. Psycho was redone. Godzilla was redone multiple times. I mean, there's been a ton of movies that have been redone. Um, some of them missed the mark, like Fright Night. The Fright Night from 2011 sucked to me. Um, but, you know, somebody might have gotten something out of it. So it all depends. But I, I think sometimes Hollywood gets it right, but a lot of times I wish they don't. They wish they didn't touch it. I think Dre on Twitter said something about they better not touch the Godfather. You know, there's certain movies I don't want to yeah. see. The Godfather, Goodfellas, you know. There's just certain movies you can just leave alone. But like oh, look, Scarface. I, yeah, Scarface, which is actually a remake from the 30s. But hey, uh, yeah. Paid in like, full and, and also uh, Nino Brown. Do not mess with that. New Jack City. <laughs> what about Boys in the Hood? Could they get Boys in the Hood right? No, don't mess yeah, with that. Yeah, just leave it. Just leave it. Yeah, some of those Juice? things. Those are cult classics. You just leave, with that. leave the cult classics alone. Don't mess with Juice. So I the tell you, now, some of the, so I would love to see some of those black exploitation movies from the seventies redone. Even even if they kept it in the seventies, like I would love to see a new Foxy Brown. Nah, yeah, that's some of the most no, terrible acting you've ever seen, though. I mean, I want to see a, a new, a reboot of Foxy Brown. No, leave it. Yeah. No. Let it roll. Let it, let it roll. I watched the Dolorite movie this weekend. I was cracking up. The Human Tornado, <laughs> I was cracking up. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> All right, so, um, and then, like I said, Buck mentioned Jaws. That would be good. I think Gremlins could be, with today's technology, Gremlins would be awesome. But uh, Yeah, <laughs> Gremlins. All right, let's get into, like, action movies right quick. And, Crystal, I'll start with you. As far as action movies go, do you have a favorite? Action, oh, wow. Yeah, like a favorite um, of all time? Of all time? Um, I don't know. Um uh, well, as you know, as things grow and they get better with, you know, technology and everything, it changes. Um, like, I used to 
Well, I still love The Matrix. The Matrix is a, a cult classic, you know, already. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the original. The other two are just like whatever, but they still go apart. Throw away. But um, when they um, uh, did the original uh, Matrix, they did have a lot of new stuff in there that made that an amazing action movie. Um, yeah. Some others, I, I don't know. I mean, I like action movies, but, then, you know, I like the most of the time, you know, the originals. Like, I do like uh, Fast and the Furious, of course. I love all of those except for Tokyo. But um, the but the ones, the first two of those, I think, were the best. And even though the last one that they just made was good, but it was just, it was good for me just for sentimental reasons. But um, other action... I liked, um, what was the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Um, I liked Terminator. I did like those, but I don't know if that's, that's kind of an action movie, I guess. Um, I like, you know, kind of like Armageddon. Well, actually, I didn't like that movie for many reasons, but I liked the premise of the movie. But, I I guess really the Matrix to me still stands out only because it was, it brought out, um, a lot of the CGI and everything, but it brought out uh, action that hadn't really been done completely before. It had been done in, right. in, in, in certain genres of movies, um, like karate movies and things like that. But to take it from there and, and bring it into this century, I thought was amazing. So I still kind of give it you know, their props for just for that. So The Matrix, I love it. All right. And Ray, you have a favorite action movie, man? Um, yeah, well, I like the Wesley Snipe movie, but I, I, if I had to pick one of the greatest to me, I like The Equalizer. Okay, with Denzel. Yeah, it's packed with action. It was a real good movie, real put together. So, yeah, I, I really like that one. Okay. What about you, Buck? Well, you know, Face Off is my favorite, so I think that was I think that was a defining moment for Nicolas Cage. I mean, George Walter played a we did a Face Off outstanding role. Face Off was one of my all-time favorites. Um, but as far as there's two other movies I'm gonna put in in there that I also like that are very good, in my opinion. Um, the one of um. Unstoppable with uh, uh, Watch. Yeah, okay. and one of his older Ricochet was a was a good one that I liked as well with John Lithgow. I thought that was a really good yeah. good as well. Can't you can't you got to give a nod to Training Day too because seeing him play a bad you know in a bad role was awesome to see him do that as well. Um, but Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is probably one of my all-time favorites as well. Not, I don't know why the first two didn't really kind of... The first two were good, but I really thought that one out of the Indiana Jones series was probably the best one. So um, I like that one. Okay. And DR, what about you, man? Daddy Rich. Now, this is Daddy Rich. 
I'm here. I'm here, man. I'm here. Favorite action movie? Action movie? Uh, I'd have to say, man, probably the first, uh, the first Mad Max or Terminator, man. Okay. I really like that Mad Max, the first one. All right. And, uh, Shoot, mine's going to be Twister with the way those weather is acting up out here. I got sirens going on. Um, I would say mine, it's kind of tough. I mean, I was I thought Face Off was good, but I guess the first action movie that really just blew me away, um, and I was kind of young when it came out, was um, Rambo First Blood Part 2. Uh, that second Rambo movie was just off the rails, just awesome. Uh, Terminator 2 was an awesome movie. Uh, Die Hard, when I first saw Die Hard. And then I'm a James Bond fan, Casino Royale, that came out about 10 years ago. Um, I think the very first Daniel Craig movie. That was an amazing movie. Um, But Rambo was the first one that just left a real big impression on me. But like Crystal, I do think The Matrix kind of changed the game a little bit. Uh, with some of the things they did in that movie. I mean, they just had a lot of special effects that just blew a lot of people away. So, all right, a couple more questions. We'll wrap this this up. Um, when it comes to action characters or villain, do you have a favorite character or a favorite villain from some, you know, from a movie, from an action movie? Anybody in general? I lose everybody. I'm thinking. No. Uh, no. Oh, Villain? Oh, God, so many. <laughs> well, um, I guess from... Uh, what's his... Batman, the Joker, the last one with dude, the Heath Ledger. Yeah, the Joker. Yeah. Heath Ledger, He's okay. the villain ever. Yeah, yeah I think a, the Joker character a... is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Great villain. I love him. Nobody? Um, I guess I like Loki from, um, what is it? Uh, what's the name of the movie? Um, Thor. Thor. Yeah, I liked him. And then yeah, the movie, I didn't awesome. like in some of the other movies. They made him a little comical, which I hate it when they make villains comical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That. Um, I definitely enjoy I do like him. Um, <laughs> Nino, Nino Brown. <laughs> and, well, I don't know if that's action, but Nino Brown was definitely uh, a very hated bad guy. I mean, if you just said bad guys in general, I know a lot of people would say Lawrence Fishburne's Burns version of Ike Turner. If you just said bad guys yeah. in general. A lot of people yeah, that was good. There's some people who still hate Lawrence Fishburne behind that movie. Um, <laughs> I don't he, know. I he didn't make up for it in Matrix. How did he make it up? Made up for it. <laughs> I would go with. Um, does, did anyone see Demolition Man? Am I the only one that saw that? Was Sylvester Stallone, yeah. Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah. His yeah, character was was cool Simon Phoenix. Simon Phoenix was, yeah. was one I enjoyed. And I like the really ruthless bad guys that just 
I mean, they're just no good. The guy that played in um, the bad guy in Desperado, what's his name? Bucho? In Desperado. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I like him because he would kill his own men. Anytime you kill your own men, then you, you know, you're you're a pretty bad guy. So. So, I think I mean, somebody else that was pretty good um, when um, he played in, what was that movie when he played in Sylvester Stallone, when he played against them, um, when they were they were both, like, mercenaries or whatnot, and, they, and then they tried to send him to kill Sylvester Stallone's character. I can't think of the name of that movie. Um, Universal where, Soldier? Not no. Universal Soldier. Uh, this is between... Sylvester Stallone and Antonio Banderas, and they were both guys that, you know, they're like contract guys. I just can't think of the name of the movie because I saw it here recently. Um, and, I know um, what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Assassins. Yeah, yeah. When Antonio yeah. Banderas' character and Assassins, that was pretty good, too. He was he was a little bit comical, but he was really, you know, he was a badass, you know, so that was pretty cool. Mm. So, um... And then, you know, sometimes, it, you know, it can be um, like Predator. I mean, he was a bad guy. Yes, Predator uh, was great. You know, yeah. and he was a very bad guy. Predator was was, was something else. Um, I don't know if you can say Hannibal Lecter. That's a thriller. That's like Silence of the Lamb is more of a thriller. Um, yeah, he was pretty bad. Uh, yeah, you eating somebody's uh, what do you say kidney with some fava beans or something? A nice Chianti. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there've been some pretty ruthless people in the movies, and I, I think they really just make them. I think they make some of the the villains over the top. You know, now a little too much, a little too bad. But uh, for the most part, a good villain can really make a movie, you know, and it can be the three sharks from Deep Blue Sea. I mean, it can be anything. A good villain can make a movie. All right, so last one. Is there at least one movie that you think that they've made a sequel of and you think they should not make any more sequels? Like, for me, I don't want to see any more Friday the 13th. Um, I, I don't want to see any more... Um, I'm really kind of tired of Jurassic Park, to be honest with you. I mean, is there anything that should stop? Fast and the Furious should stop. I think Before they that, ruin it? Well, I think that they, um, especially because of um, Paul's death, I think they should stop it. And the way they ended that movie um, this time, I think that's it. That's it. You know that. Well, I know they're not because they have another one coming out and it'll be out in a couple of years. But the, uh, I think actually the last movie that they did, the way it ended, should have ended it. And I figured, okay, well, we're done now. But they were doing another one. So I said, nope, they're doing another one. So, um, and, you know, you, you do get sick of some things. It's like, why are we continuing the storyline? I mean, what's, what more could these people do? So, yeah. Anybody else got one that they need to quit? 
Well, you know what? After watching Spectre on Sunday, I'm almost ready for them to throw in the towel on, on 007. I'm a huge Bond fan, but Spectre is the worst Bond movie in 30 years. And, um, <laughs> but I'm hoping they can, if they find the right character to to take over for Daniel Craig. I think they can get it going again. They go back to basics, but man, that movie was bad. The first thing was uh, awesome. After the first 20 minutes, man, I could have just got up and left. Wow. It was that bad. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, man, it's the worst since Timothy Dalton. So, um, but yeah, I mean, no other movies come to mind as far as what they need to do. To stop off the top of my head, I mean, I don't want to see any more. Um, I well, I take that back. I take that back. I don't want to see any more paranormal activities. I don't want to see any no, more no, scary no. movies. No. Um, one of them. I mean, those are movies they can just just let it go. Just move on to something. Else. That's why I talk about the lack of creativity I mentioned earlier. Paranormal activities, the same movie, um, you know, five six times. You know, and they just keep doing it. And I just think they just need to let that go. But, all right, a little trivia just to, to test you all out. I, I did not know this. As far as some of the biggest grossing movies of 2015, do you all think you can name at least two of them? Biggest grossing movies of 2015? No. No. What came out? Give us a give us a clue of what I came out. I can't give you a clue. You have to think about what came out and what was big this year. Hell, we don't even remember what came out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So give us some names. All right. But, oh, God. Uh, what All are right. them Fast no. and Furious movies? Fast and Furious is number number four. It's grossed um like $351 million worldwide. Um, Shit, straight out of Compton. No, it ain't up there. It ain't up there. Right. Five. Hell no. Know it no well. Let's see. Crystal mentioned a character from one of the movies earlier. From one of the movies. Uh, I mentioned the movie saying that they don't need to remake it just a few minutes ago. I'll go ahead and give it to you all. Number five is American Sniper. Um, I haven't seen that. But three hundred forty-seven million. Number four, Furious mm-hmm. Seven, three fifty-one. Number three is a Disney movie I haven't seen, Inside Out, but I heard it was really good. Three hundred fifty-six million. Number yeah, two, The Avengers: Age of Ultron, four hundred fifty-nine million. And number Man. one, Jurassic World, six hundred fifty-two. No doubt. Jurassic World. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it was okay. Yeah, I got the disc coming to me good. next now, so I'm going to check it out this weekend. Maybe. No, it was really good. I thought it was good. A good action. I mean, it was all right. I didn't find, like, a couple of the characters in there could have done without, but other than that. Yeah. All I mean, right, no one so as good as Jeff Goldblum. I'm sorry. So without man, him in you... those movies... He's an amazing actor. He cracks me up. Forget about it. Yeah. He just—he's so intelligent in his movies. When he plays the role of, a, of an intelligent person, like when he was on Law and Order: Criminal Intent, I just like his characters. When he's smart, and he—he uh, he cracked me up in Jurassic Park. Believe it or not, I dated a girl whose aunt dated him. Oh, really? Yes. 
crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you are how many degrees away from Jeff? Right. <laughs> All right. So um, another topic to get into really quick. Uh, for as little as $10 and no more than $30, you can have this company called The Breakup Shop break up with your significant other for you. It can be done via text, email, letter, or phone call. Now, a breakup email or a text is $10. A breakup letter is $20. Um, if you customize a letter, it's $30. Um, and if you do a phone call, then it's uh, $29. Uh, and depending on how quickly you want it done, you can pay to have a rush order done uh, <laughs> on this. But just to give you an example of a text, here's a text they would send to your significant other. Hi, Stephanie. We're sending you this message on behalf of Danny. We regret to inform you that Danny is breaking up with you. Although you've had a good run and shared some memories along the way, it's time to move on. We offer you our deepest sympathies and wish you all the best in the future. Kindly, the breakup shop. Crystal, how do you feel about this? I mean, is this more of an insult than someone just calling and doing it, you know, in your face and hanging up on you? Well, would you feel okay with this? First of all, it would clarify why he is a son of a bitch and a weak-ass motherfucker. So, first of all, thank you for breaking up with me. Um, (laughs) And as far as this company is concerned, if it actually is something that would work, bigger companies like, you know, Hallmark will eat this up and just, you know, destroy them, um, which is actually probably a good thing to do. Uh, But, yeah, this is so ridiculous. I mean, first of all, suck-ass niggas do this all the time anyway. They just text you or, no, what they do even worse than that is just, you, they just disappear into thin air, into the void of some other bitch. So you don't even hear from them anyway. You know, you got to find them, you got to stalk them and shit like that, and, you know, slash their tires. Yeah. But that, I mean, I think that's going to be worse because if someone actually, it is like an insult. It's an insult to injury because you paid a motherfucker to do this. You couldn't even get one of your boys to do that. I mean, you, can't, you know. I mean, so you had to go pay somebody to do that, you know, that shows me that you ain't nothing but a weak motherfucker. So that's just going to piss me off worse than how I would have been pissed off anyway. So, you you know, the gloves are off now. All bets are off. You know, you just sent me into crazy bitch mode. Okay. <laughs> and, Ray, what do you think about it, man? I, I, how do you feel about the whole idea? When I first heard it, um, I thought it was a joke. I, I didn't think it was anything serious, but it's a legitimate company. They got a website. You can even um, apply for a job to be one of the people that they call a heartbreaker, the person who calls someone and writes the letters to break up with people. Hey, I mean, it's cool if people are willing to pay for it. I mean, it's just a part of the, what's happening right now. You know, a lot of new shit, like, you know, the YOLO generation or whatever they call it. Once again, ain't nobody ever lived twice. So I say that I don't know, you know, and Netflix hmm. and chill. That ain't no new shit. We've been watching movies and chilling for for 30 years. That ain't nothing new. So 
for them to do something like this is really not surprising. I mean, hey, if they can make money from it, you got people who can't stand up and say what they need to say, it's a great service for them. And if you want to pay 25 or $30 to say what you can't say, then I don't know. I mean, the people should take your money, so I don't have a problem with it. Buck, how do you feel about it, man? And then, Buck, for people who may get upset, like, you know, someone sends that to Crystal, um, you also have the option to send along a subscription to Netflix for, like, six months to help cheer them up and get over the breakup and give them something to do. You can even send a video game like Call of Duty. So you have options of things you can send them to try to what? help cheer them up. That's no joke. <laughs> Send me another nigga who looks better than you. How about that? Wow. With more money. How about that? That'll make me feel better. Thank you. Wow. I don't know well, what you're talking about. And, I mean, this, this is, to me, I think it's just another way for people to, you know, cop out. You know, you got to have balls to get, you know, or whatever to make sure you, you know, you, if you know, you're breaking up. You just just flat out tell them you don't need somebody else to get involved in your business to handle your business. You need to handle your business yourself. And you know, in today's generation, I mean, they they you know this is this is some of that some of that stuff. Um, you know, it is never easy to have to deal with something like that. But you you grow when you have to make changes such as that. So, you know, if you're leaving it to you know, to some kind of internet thing to tell the person that you don't, you know, that you don't have nothing else to do with them. It's just kind of stupid to me, and it shows weakness. It doesn't show any strength. I mean, it, it, it's it's tough, you know, telling somebody that you're getting ready, to, getting ready to bounce, and you know, do something different. But you know, I got much respect for somebody to do that versus somebody that's going. Tell me, I can play Call of Duty since you know, I, you know, since I ain't gonna be with you no more. That's just to me. That's just this is a, it's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, and um, I just, I, I mean, I just think that it's it's a little much. That's the type of world we live in now, though, when people want to do stuff for shock value, because that's the only way I look at it. Is like, and Daddy Rich, you can. You know, let me know how you feel, man. It just looks like this is something you would do for shock value. This is something you would do for someone you hate to me rather than someone you truly want to let down easily. Uh, you gotta you gotta give me a question again, man. I was I was in, in, in the middle of something with another uh, person here. Um, as far as how do you feel about the breakup shop and the fact that they have people Professional people send you a text, an email, or call you to break up with some, break up with you. That's terrible. That means they ain't got no heart. They don't. They don't, they don't want to just tell. You. People should see. That's the thing about texting and shit nowadays. That gives people see. That makes people brave and makes them able to say shit that they wouldn't say to you. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day when they didn't have that shit. A person would tell you, you know, hey man, I'm I'm through with that. You know what I'm saying? You, me and you're gonna part ways. They had balls to come to your face and tell you things like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's just not good, man. Nowadays, man, 
that that stuff uh, over the internet, emails and crap, you're fired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, some of this text you, you're you're fired. Don't even come to work. You're fired, man. That's just pathetic, man. You should like, you should talk to that person face to face, man, and tell them they're fired. You know what I mean? Don't text somebody or email them. You're fired. That's ridiculous. You know, but that's that's what we have now. Like I go back to laziness. Okay. I agree with you there. We definitely have our share of laziness. Um, and it's a shame, but I just think this, this company is it's going to make a little money. Like I said, it's something I would do if I just did not like someone. But, um, you know, for someone that I like, no, nah, I wouldn't do anything like that. I had to go first face-to-face. If it's just not working out, it's just not working out. Anybody. All right, uh, right. You should just tell anybody that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, man, that weather's bad out there. I'm watching stuff on TV now. Like I said, we sat through gunshots on Eminem's phone. I sat through sirens here. Um, All right, on tomorrow's show, we're discussing relationship responsibilities. Uh, Yeah, I really don't know why I'm doing that show because I already know how that's going to turn out. Hopefully, Crystal, you'll have some women call in to help. But, you know, it's very uncommon to have a show like this without people losing their minds. For some reason, it is very difficult um, to discuss roles in a relationship. It always turns into the what he isn't doing or what she isn't doing. Well, we'll try it again tomorrow to see if we can come to any logical conclusions to the topic. You know, as far as, you know, does a man belong outside cleaning the yard? Does a woman belong inside cleaning the house? Should a man be firm? Should a woman be soft? I mean, I'm pretty sure it won't end well. That's tomorrow on the Talk to Q radio show, 10 p.m. Eastern. No experts, just opinions. And don't forget, on Thursday, we have a special Thursday show um, with um, boxing referee Tony Weeks. So I'm trying to get that set up for Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern and get him on for about 20 or 30 minutes and talk boxing with him. The young brothers will be on. We should have a pretty good time on Thursday. All right, final thoughts before we get into zone coverage. And, Crystal, I'll start with you. And also, Crystal, feel free to give your final thoughts on um, Charlie Shane. You know, he announced today that he was HIV positive, and that was like a big story going through today. So if you have any final thoughts on that, then feel free to add that as well. Okay. Um, You know, good show. Uh, the uh, topic about movies, uh, of course, I'm a movie buff, so I love movies and all kinds of movies. Um, I love anything that is intellectual and that has a plot line and has some sort of story to it. And it could just about be anything. The um, people call Stephen King horror, and um, I read his books, and um, they are kind of horrific. Instead of horror, I think they're horrific because he talks about um, what goes on in a person's mind. It's just a regular, everyday person and the horror that we suffer through just on a daily basis, which is usually just happening inside of our own perspective. That's what makes Mm -hmm. his book so horrific. So in that term, when I say horror, I don't like horror. What I mean is I don't like this porn horror of the stuff that's come out, you know, that comes out nowadays in the last, what, five, you know, years or so, just this massive, ridiculous, stupid shit. 
So I can't stand <laughs> that. But, um, you know, things like um, The Exorcist, which was, to me, one of the most horrific movies <laughs> ever made. Um, it scared the living shit out of me the first time I saw it, and it, it has lingered through all these years. So this is just, the original was told so very well, and it was just a great horror movie. Um, but, you know, I think any kind of movie that um, entertains you, that takes you out, some movies do give you, you know, some of the insights as you were talking about. But there's so many ways we can get that nowadays, but it is good to see some things uh, like Selma. There are things that I didn't know that happened, and, you know, I think I'm pretty well versed in a lot of things, but there's things mm-hmm. I didn't know. Um, it is, and it's, sometimes it's good to see it on screen so you can see it in action, whether it's a documentary or uh, a well-done movie. So, so those are good to see, even if you... You don't have to make sure someone retains it. I think just the fact that they have it in their brain and they know it uh, helped. Um, as far as Charlie Sheen, well, first of all, as I said on my site, decrystallize.net, uh, he, <laughs> it, it's not, <laughs> nice little plug, it's not a um, death sentence anymore, being a no. positive. Um, so... You know, it's not like it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago where you, you know, you get diagnosed and you're dead. You know, within no time, you go from HIV to AIDS. You don't even, I don't think you go into the HIV part then. But now he came out, of course, because he was getting so many lawsuits because people knew about it and they wanted to, they were, you know, blackmailing him, of course. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, And he wanted to keep it quiet, which means ding, ding, ding. You know, I just got paid. So right. he had to come out and, and you know, to stop all of these, you know, people coming after him or whatever. Um, he was saying that it it wasn't necessarily the ones who he was actually sleeping with, but it was actually people who were around him that he felt were his friends or, you know, you know people who on his team and stuff who were blackmailing him. Not, not That's how it works. With. Yeah, it is, you know, because they know, and they know how to get at you. So that's, you know, you got to watch motherfuckers you keep, the company you keep. So anyway, um, I'm not surprised that he has, you know, HIV. I'm not surprised at all, you know, because, damn, I mean, you know, it's Charlie Sheen. You know, he's been rowdy for a long time, and his, you know, partying is legendary. So I wasn't that surprised. You know when I heard about it. So you know the party, the the craziness that happened with the tiger's blood and all those crazy rants. Was that around <laughs> the time that you think he probably found out? Because he started doing cocaine left and right, like he was trying to take himself out. You know, maybe he says he's known for four years. So, um, yeah, maybe. So yeah, so. he did kind of step up a little bit, and people, I think it kind of. It stepped up in the way he was looking, and he was very ill um, and everything. That was in 2011 uh, he did that. Yeah, people were saying that, um, you know, they always attributed to exhaustion, drugs, or whatever, and it probably was a combination of all of it. Yeah, he probably heard about it and said, fuck it, I'm just going to party until I'm dead. Right. But again, it's not a death sentence anymore. You take your medication and you... um, Make sure you tell people you're supposed to 
tell because it's against the law not to. And mm-hmm. and then you you know you, you'll be okay. You know, just like with yeah. any disease nowadays, chronic disease. So that kind of puts yeah. me back in the mind of that conversation we had a few weeks ago about the bug chasers and the gift givers. For those who missed that, that was um, a show we did at the end of October about cancer. And toward the end of that show, we talked about people who are bug chasers and gift givers. You have to Google it. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you, very, thank you very much, Crystal. And Daddy Rich? Man, good show, man. Uh Damn, Charlie Sheen, he's just trying to get some relevancy back again, man. He needs money, you know. So he has to go ahead and do this. <laughs> his, ass, his ass needs some money, man, you know. That man said he announced he had HIV for a PR move. It ain't that bad, I hope. Man, it could be. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, damn. You know, I mean, shit, you got it, you got it, man. You know, it is. You've known this for a minute, probably. It just ain't no, nothing, something that you had. You, you, It's new to you. You right. know, it's He's just something. For four years. Just, yeah, he had to wait and say when, but that's that's bullshit that he's wait. I had to wait because of this, man. You waited because you had some shit going on. You know what I'm saying? You didn't want <laughs> it all to mess you up. That would have been a whole downhill spiral for him. To announce that at the time that he was getting fucked up with everybody, excuse my language, was getting messed up with everybody and doing all this drugs and doing that with women, man, I got this, man. Okay, well then, that's not gonna work then. That's gonna have him to get money at that time. He knew he was going out anyway, so he was gonna get money just by saying he was going out and they was going with the tirades with all the crap that he was doing. So that crazy get money. So then. At the end now, it's been some years past, act crazy, get money. Now it's like, okay, I need to get some relevancy again. Let me pop back up on the scene. They they done forgot about me, man. Look, look, I'm back again. Hold on. You know, I'm I'm messed up again. I'm messed up. This time it's bad, you know. Money, man, everything. They set everything. I think that it is, man, because I think that they set a time for him to announce this. You know what I mean? And, and uh you know, to give it to people, his relevancy is gone. He knows he's not going to die. Magic Johnson ain't dead. You know, that was 91 when this man talking about he did that. No, no. Who knows when he contracted this, you know, or if he did contract it. You know, who who knows what's really going on, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I think it's all about money, man, and for him to get himself back on the scene because people are going to give him thing on sympathy alone, he's going to get money. You know, acting jobs, jobs. <laughs> I, I know it sounds crazy, but it's entertainment, and you got to think like an entertainer would think. You know, you got their their everything that in their life is a pattern is set and timing. It's all about timing, and they know because that's how they got in with timing. So they know that timing is is about everything. And at at a time that you need some relevancy and also need some sympathy, here you go. Why not? You know, well, we're going to wait, man. You're already screwed. You know, let's wait and let everything die down. Then we're going to get sympathy and we're going to get some kind of uh, some jobs. You know what I'm saying? 
So I'm sure he'll get some jobs out of this crap. <laughs> Watch. Watch what I'm doing. He's, he's, right. he's scripted. His life is scripted. He's got All handlers. Right. <laughs> I appreciate that, man, I think. Tonight, um, interesting talk about movies. Cause I don't think you ever had a topic like this one. But um, you know, I'm willing to watch a good movie. A good movie for me is usually drama or some type of mm-hmm. comedy or something I could identify with. Right. You know, to each his own. I know the uh. The sci-fi movies and stuff like that usually sell the most, so a lot of people like them, but I never really cared for them. You ever watched Star Wars? uh, Bits and pieces. I never could get through it. I mean, when I was a kid, I watched it. Not the movie, but, you know, the series. Yeah. But, you know, it's nothing I really can, you know... Get into okay. Yeah, I had someone on Facebook yeah. said he's he's never seen any of the movies. You know, and you know it's, it, it's all right if that's what a person likes. Well, like I said, a lot of people love those type of movies, but I always been a person to like something to hate. I can identify with, you know, a good Denzel movie, or you know, somebody that's going to give some good acting. I like those type of movies. Mm-hmm. But as far as, you know, Charlie Sheen goes, you know, he's he didn't do anything that a lot of people wouldn't do if they had Charlie Sheen money. Mm-hmm. And I know that he needs money is just flat out foolish. You know, when a guy makes a million or two million dollars an episode on a show, they don't need money. One thing you gotta understand is a guy didn't come out and say they're not like us. You can't just say what the hell you want to say when you want to say it because people going to sue the shit out of you. You're going to be liable for this. You're going to be liable for that. Just like Matt Lyle was asking all these crazy questions where you already know what the response is going to be because he can't put himself out there like that. No, I didn't tell people I was sleeping with this. Not everybody in America going to sue him. You can't say that, even <laughs> if that was the case. So we got to understand what we're working with. It's like a lot of shit where everybody just wants to blame Cosby. You can blame Cosby for certain things you cannot say. Well, why didn't you say this? Why didn't you say that? Well, you got money. You can't say certain things. But Charlie Sheen being short on cash, I never believe it. You know what I mean? You might want to keep your child support payments down. You might want to keep the lawsuits to a minimal because you didn't pay a lot of people off and stuff like that. But, you know, we should just say, hey, the man made some mistakes. He did some wrong things. But the problem is, it's always funny to me, people disagree with the lifestyle, but then uh, be single for years, try to knock down as many holes as they can knock down, and you a poor man. 
So imagine if you can go on any island that you want. You could go in any state you want. You could drink all you want. You could do all the drugs you want. You know what you'll be? You'll just be a black-faced Charlie Sheen. So you shouldn't argue or, or disrespect or, you know, say, well, we don't understand what he was doing and this, that, that, and the other because you're doing it now. You just can't do it on that level because you ain't got that status. Simple as that. But other than that, good show. Look forward to some uh, zone coverage. All right. Thank you, sir. And, yeah, with two and a half men, at one point he was getting paid $1.2 million per episode, and he's worth well over $150 million according to CelebrityNetWorth.com. Yes. Say that again, Q, because we got some niggas that like they don't know that. <laughs> it ain't the money, man. It's the relevancy. These people starve for that, man. They're actors. They're entertainers. They want to be in the limelight. This man needs his name back. He needs to get back into this because he's not getting – what has he been on lately? Hey, when you got that kind of cash, you don't need to get on nothing. You mean it's not tell me that, that man's sick, like, man sick and he want to stay famous? It's he just like being famous and he's sick. It, it's just like Wes Welker wanting to play football. He knows he shouldn't, but he wants to because he, he really loves to play. That's, I mean, relevancy, and, and, and it's just – you just said two different things. How can a man want to be relevant when he's no longer going to be a star in the league? He wants to play because he loves the game. That's exactly what I'm saying about this man. He loves acting. He needs his name back. He wants people talking about him. They like man, to be in the league. If, like, if like Sheen wanted a show, he could get a show, even if it's on BET. He had a show on FX <laughs> called Anger. Anger. <laughs> <laughs> I call it Anger Management, which was a really good show. Um, it did 100 episodes and went off the air, I think, last year. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him back on, on TV uh, at some point. I mean, he does his thing, but he, on Anger Management, his dad played on there. His uh, ex-wife was on there. I mean, he had a lot of people from his past. Uh, yeah. And other troublemakers, like Lindsay Lohan and people like that played on the show. So he had a lot of fun with it. and. It was a pretty good show. But, uh, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I appreciate you all joining the show. My thanks to uh, The Crystal Show for the Pimp's Perspective. Be sure to check that out. Uh, where can they check it out, Chris? Get a Pimp's Perspective. I'm sorry. Um, you can go to thecrystalshow.com. TheCrystalShow.com. My thanks to MyHebrewRoots.net and AnytimeVoice.com for being sponsors of tonight's show. You can catch the live show every Tuesday and Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Like I said, there will be a live show on Thursday of this week as I have a special guest coming on that I'm interviewing. Uh, So check it out Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Just go to TalkToQ.com and you can find a calendar there and you can keep up with the new shows, or you can subscribe to our newsletter or my newsletter and get email updates that way. Um, everyone who, let's see, everyone who is not into sports, um, I will check you on tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern. To those who are into sports, stay tuned for a little zone coverage, and we'll kick this thing off.
Right about now. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to move tonight, and we start the whole circle thing off. Help me, anything move, we knock out. Let's go. Play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? T2Q, got my guys back on the line, and we'll go ahead and jump right to it. And uh, start off with the Steelers 30 and the Browns 9. Uh, Steelers moved to 6-4, and four, the Browns dropped to 2-8. and eight. They announced today Johnny Manziel will be their guy uh, for the rest of their regular season, so they're going to give him six games to try to get situated. Uh, Big Ben came off the bench for an injured Landry Jones and threw for almost 400 yards. Uh so I guess the Browns may be glad he didn't start. Uh, Manziel didn't have a bad day, 33 of 45, 372, and a touchdown with only one interception. And, Buck, let me ask you, man, I'm pretty sure you have to be happy with your team's performance, but by the same token, y'all gave up a lot of yards on offense. Does that concern you for any future matches with some pretty good teams? Yeah, it does. I mean, it's, it's a concern simply because – that's something we've been doing all year, to be honest with you, and it, it's something that needs to be fixed. Uh, the defense is playing better. I mean, we're getting sacks, we're getting turnovers. But it's just that, you know, the passing yard, we're stopping the run. It's the passing yard that you got to bring, you know, got to get down. Uh, some of that has to do with, you know, the productivity of the, you know, it's new guys. Um, you know, anytime you get rid of get rid of people like Troy Palomalo, um, um, you get rid of Ike Taylor. Um, and you get, you know, you have, you know, free agents. You get rid of Kiesel and, and others that are, you know, retired. You know, this is a defensive unit that's seen massive change over the last three to four years. I mean, we've seen big names leave that, you know, they're either retired or, you know, go to different teams. So you got, you know, we have a very young secondary. They're still learning. Um, I think the only guy we got back there that's, you know, that's got, you know, got two guys, Will Gay and, and our safety, uh, Mike Mitchell, just got you know some you know quality you know years and NFL experience, and it's, it's gelling. 
plus you got a new defensive coordinator. I know a lot of it's still the same. You know, we're, we're rushing four, you know, up front. I mean, the linebackers, you know, they, they don't rush as much, but they're getting the sacks. I think all our linebackers got sacks now. Um, so the bottom line of it is, I mean, when when you blitz a lot, you give up a lot of yardage. And then when you and you play cover two, you give up a lot of yardage. Um, so it's basically left to the offense to score 30 points or more. We we got to outscore people until the young guys can adapt and get used to, you know, you know, covering these guys and, you know, stopping the pass. So, you know, I am concerned because we do have a tough schedule. I mean, we play Seattle coming out of, coming out of the bye. We got the Ravens again. Got Cincinnati again, you know. So, and really, we control our own destiny. But at the same token, we really can't be putting any more games down, especially AFC games and especially AFC North games. So, it was a, it was good to see Ben come in off the bench and you know light these boys up. But in the same same sense, you know, there's some things hopefully we can get straightened out during the bye. Healthy being one and two, you know, you know, solidifying the defense from a secondary standpoint. And Daddy Rich, how you feel about it, man? Man, we played a good game, man. Uh, I was glad to see Big Ben get out there and, and do his thing, man. And uh, I can't forget Brown, man. Brown really had a, a really good game, too. Uh, man. Uh, and Martavius Bryant. Yes, 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 they did. The, the receivers looked well, looked re- very well. Uh, the running game. Uh, you know, we, we do kind of miss uh, LeVon Bell, man. But I think in the end, man, if we could get the tight end doing a little better, and like Buck said, those those defensive backs need to cover a little better, man. They they need to do a little better covers because in, in uh, with better teams, you'll have a closer game, and you can't count on Big Ben to give you 30, 40 points a game all the time, man. you you got to – Give him something, man. You got to give him. And the, the defense did a good job with turnovers, like Buck said. They're doing a much better job with that and pressuring the quarterback. But then again, you got to look at we were playing the Browns. Uh, you know what happens when we play the Patriots or somebody like that? You know, what, what, you know, we got to get pressure on the quarterback. We got to cause turnovers. We got to frustrate the other team, the other team's offense a little more, like Pittsburgh still is always do, man. You know, that's that's our trademark, the defense. We strike fear in the offense. And, uh, you know, the running game has is, is got to turn up. And, and actually, the running game's done done very well lately, man. He's, he's done a good job, uh, D'Angelo Williams has. Uh, you know, we just need to get another guy back there to give him a good spell, and it will be all right. Okay. And, um... I think the bye week comes at a pretty good time for you all. And, um, you know, we can see what happens going forward. And, I mean, right now the Steelers are sitting at 6-4, and two games behind Cincinnati. Uh, So as far as the the wild card is concerned, um, you all are in a good spot. You all are actually in the driver's seat as far as a wild card spot right now. if you can get Cincinnati to drop a couple, you can be in a position to make a challenge of the, the division. But right now, um, you're the only 6-14, and 14, a half game up on Buffalo and um, the Jets. And so you're in control of the wild card, right? So the Steelers are in a good spot. 
Uh, Ray, the game that probably shocked me the most this weekend, Detroit going to Lambeau and beating the Packers 18-16. to You know, Detroit's 2-7 and seven now. The Packers are 6-3. and three. Ray, I didn't think there was any way the Packers, who were minus 10.5 favorites, uh, would lose three games in a row, yet alone at home against Detroit. But they can't seem to do anything on offense, man. What's happened to the Packers' offense? Well, I think the injuries is catching up to them. And I think that, uh, you know, Green Bay is not as uh, as good as we thought they were. And, I mean, even Aaron Rodgers has struggled a little bit. You know, he come on strong late in the game, but, you know, it was a struggle starting out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know, man. And I think I think they're going to they gonna, uh, drop another one. I mean, we'll see if they get on track against Minnesota, but, Minnesota you know. Minnesota's good. Right now, when you look at what happened, you say, okay, can they, uh, I believe they're playing in Minnesota. Can they can they go into Minnesota and win a game with, with Adrian Peterson running the way he is and Bridgewater holding it down? I mean, it's going to be very difficult for Green Bay to pull that off. I mean, the first six games of the season, they look awesome. But right now, uh-huh. I mean, they got them ranked number six or whatever it is. How do you lose three in a row and you still ranked number six? I don't know. But... They don't look good at all. But, yeah, it, it shocked me they lost the game at home. I know you have to lose to a team at home sooner or later. I believe they won 12 in a row or whatever it was against Detroit. But I didn't think now was the time with Detroit playing the way they playing. Had Detroit been like they were last year, one in uh, Green Bay it would have been – Shocking, but not as shocking. Right now, mm-hmm. you know, I feel bad for people who thought they was going to get easy money on the ten and a half spread. You know, that's right. why you don't go too hard on nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't look so good right now in Green Bay, and they got to figure it out before they go up to Minnesota next week. And um, it makes you wonder what's going to happen with Calvin Johnson. In his future, it makes you wonder what's going to happen with Matt Stafford in his future. They're going to bust that team up and start over from scratch. It sounds like it wouldn't be a bad idea. But uh, the Dolphins moved to four and five with a twenty to nineteen victory over the Eagles, who dropped to four and five. Eagles started off hot with sixteen to three early lead, and then it just fell apart. And despite having twenty nine first downs and almost four hundred yards passing. They weren't able to get it done against the Dolphins. And to add insult to injury, Sam Bradford's out, and Mark Sanchez is going to be in. Um, anybody feel any type of way about Mark Sanchez? Think he's going to be all right, about the same? How do you feel like he compares to Bradford? That's for anybody in general. Not all at once. Hold on, what was the question? How do you all feel about Mark Sanchez taking over for Bradford? Do you think that um, it's going to be about the same? Do you think it's an upgrade, downgrade? How do you feel about it? They need to upgrade. 
Yeah, I, I think I think Sanchez is a decent quarterback. I don't th- I think he gets a bad rap. You know, Sanchez did his thing in the playoffs with the Jets. I mean, he was a he was a decent quarterback. Is he a superstar quarterback? No, but neither is Bradford, in my opinion. But you know, I think he can run the offense better than Bradford. I think they stuck with Bradford simply because. Chip Kelly did all that shifting and moving to get him there. But did he actually outplay him in camp? I don't know about that. We'll, we'll see Sunday. So, you know, I think it's a good move. I understand that, that Bradford is hurt, but what else is new? You know, chances of Bradford finishing the whole season without no injuries, shit, it's probably a 1,000 to 1. Well, um, Philly um, didn't get didn't gain any ground on the Giants who lost, uh, so they kind of hurt their own cause there. And as far as somebody who did gain some ground and they kind of gained some respect over the last couple of weeks, uh, these doggone Washington Redskins, man. Now I realize that the Saints have the worst passing defense in the league. But Kirk Cousins went through that thing looking like uh, Johnny and Ninus. <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah. the way he was throwing that ball around. And it just seemed like the, the Redskins player looked like they were running in slow motion. And the, the Saints just, man, they looked like they just quit. And, uh, hey, shake them haters off, Kirk. The Redskins, the Kirk, like, you like that, huh? Um, Redskins moved to four and five, and they're in, content- excuse me, in contention for that division right now. Yeah. Uh, so it's looking shaky, baby, as far as the Giants are concerned. They got um, to let one get away. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, another team that surprised me, the doggone Bears. The Chicago Bears have moved up to 4-5 and five with an impressive victory in St. Louis over the Rams, 37-13. to 13. And the end result of that is Nick Foles got benched. 17-36 uh, or 200 yards and one interception. And he will not be starting next week. They're starting, uh, I can't think of his name. Y'all have to remind me. But um, how do y'all feel about Nick Foles getting benched? Do you think um, that he's a bad quarterback? Or what do you all think? I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just think the system that he's playing in that doesn't fit his style. Um, You know, oftentimes, you know, when he was playing under the system up there in Philadelphia, He's playing, you know, kind of, you know, Chip Kelly style, which is a, kind of like a hybrid of the run and shoot, you know, real quick, rhythm pass, timing, that type of thing. Well, under the system he's playing on now, it's more like standing, you know, standing in the pocket, three-step drop, and throw the ball. It's not as quick. You know, it's, it's more of a timing type issue versus very quick, you know, up-tempo type stuff. So I really think he's got to get his feet up under him as far as, you know, getting used to the system. I mean, he, he, you know, he was traded, which I didn't think, he, you know, he wanted to be traded. You know, he was in, you know, Chip Kelly was trying to make his team. So as a result of all this, it's kind of messed, you know, kind of messed up his mechanics a little bit, and he's got to learn, you know, he's got to learn a new system. He, he just had not had a chance to adapt to it yet. So um, it still remains to be seen. I mean, but you got to give you got to give the quarterback the tools he needs to win the game. And when you don't, you know, when you 
trying to learn and maybe simplify the offense a little bit. Maybe they hadn't done that. Maybe they just left it in there the way it was, and the other guy picking it up, and they decided to give, you know, decide to bench him. So I think it's a variety of things as far as that goes, but I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just, I just think he's a product of the system when he's playing it. Okay. I don't know how good or how bad he may be. Um, I just know he hadn't really been getting it done. And I guess uh, Jeff Fisher decided it was time to make a change because of that. And uh, I cannot think of that quarterback's name who's going to be replacing him. Uh, oh, man. Hold on. I got to look up. I got to look it up, too, because it's going to bother me until I come up with it. Because I know I know his name. Um, Casey Keenum. Ain't Sean Hill, is it? No, oh, Casey Keenum. Casey Keenum that's right. Yeah, Casey Keenum. Out of Houston. I remember he used to sling that thing in Houston. So he's going to come in um, and do his thing. And this is a guy that's played in 10 games. We'll see what he can do. All right. So the Carolina Panthers keep rolling, 9-0. As they jump on Tennessee, twenty-seven to ten, and Daddy Rich Tennessee was upset that uh, Cam Newton dancing on them fools in the end zone, but they can't stop him. <laughs> I mean, Cam Newton is just doing his thing, man. And I mean, I feel like until someone can stop him, he has a right to dance. But I, man, when is Carolina going to get some respect? They're one of two undefeated teams left, and there's still some people who act like that. You know, a good Arizona team can beat them. They're not going to get no respect until they do something in the playoffs. When Cam Newton takes them deep in the playoffs, that's when people start giving him some respect, especially with the receivers that he has and how he's doing this with Greg Olson. It's just been been incredible. You would think that people would say, okay, we got to double-team the tight end because that's all really he had. That guy is, is, is... that's his, that's his blanket. And, uh, you know, I, I don't understand why teams haven't looked at Olsen. Now, I'm looking at some of the plays that they're calling, and I'm watching Olsen slip out and be wide open and nobody taking. And it's like, wow, really? You know this guy's his best threat, and still yet you're not guarding him. And it's just crazy. It's like, when he starts running around, they just leave him, and he just he finds him. It's like he knows where he's going to be. Just go where, where we usually go. I'm going to throw it there. They're going to run this way when I run this way. You know, and it's basically that's what's going on is Olsen and, and, uh, and Sam Newton are carrying the Panthers with that defense, man, because that defense, you can't, give, you, you can't pass that up. They're doing a hell of a job, a mm-hmm. hell of a job. Because they're holding teams to to good good scores, you know. It's been good games, you know. The scores have been low. You know, they've done a, a really good job. And even when they haven't been low, they fought in the end. Well, I think the Panthers just have a good football team. They have a great defense. Mm-hmm. Cam is playing great football. And I just don't don't think the offense. Uh, Jonathan Stewart is running the ball great, but it's more targets than Greg Olson. 
you can't throw it for 200 and something yards and a guy's got one main target. You know, of course, Greg Olson is the number one option, but he has several guys that he can go to with the football. Devon Funches and all these guys are, are, are getting in the mix. Now, none of them are stars and none of them are fans. No. Just like the guys on Seattle, none of those are either. But, you know, Russell Wilson can't throw for 200 yards and ain't throwing to nobody. So, you know, if you watch Carolina, they have a good all-around football team from the coach to the quarterback to the running back to the tight end. They got some serviceable wide receivers, and they have an awesome defense. You know, Josh and that, Norman that might defense be will in the best the corner. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, playing exactly. great. But that defense so, will hit you, man. Yeah. I mean, they got uh, who back there, Thomas Davis and Kinkley and all them guys. I mean, they got a heck of a team. And they bring the lot. You know. And to me, they're the best football team in the league beside the Patriots. They can they try to stick the bagels in there. You saw that Eric Daly last night. <laughs> That's right. The red rifle. <laughs> red <laughs> BB gun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that took a bit. But we could talk about the Houston Texans last night uh, beating the Bengals, man. A horrible loss for the Bengals. To be 8-0 at, at your own place where you haven't lost in a very long time. Again, 10.5 favorites. And you can only muster two field goals against a Texans team that have been struggling but have now found their way back in the first place in the South. Man, that was, uh, that was amazing that uh... – you know, they were able to pull off this, you know, victory. And, you know, Brian Horry back on the bench. I mean, it's just uh, the quarterback carousel thing that's going on in Houston is really bizarre. Um, it's one of the most it, – it's really just unusual to see this continuing to happen. Um, they can't get any continuity on who's going to be playing at quarterback. And I, I'm surprised that, you know, that they were able to pull it off you know, this past week and actually win, win a football game. It's just really surprising. Um, and now, you know, with the coach having some issues and thinking that he may, you know, may be going to, a, you know, somewhere else at the end of the season, you know, going back to college, rightfully so, because it's some of the decision-making that he's doing as far as, you know, quarterbacking, he might need to go back to college and because it just doesn't make sense with what he's doing. So, um but they pulled off the victory, and, you know, defense playing well. You know, J.J. Watt's going to do his thing. You know, he's the best you know, best option they have right now um, defensively. And, you know, he keeps them in games and gets everybody else motivated. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure if J.B. on Clowney on the other side. Maybe he's starting to – he looks like he's starting to make, you know, make a little bit of headway here, uh, starting to draw some double teams. So maybe just a combination of those things and, you know, Trying to, you know, going with the hot hand is what the coach is going for, and that's where they were able to pull off the victory on Monday night. Yeah. Well, I just think, um, I mean, Cincinnati, Andy Dalton had a horrible game, 22 of 38, 197, no touchdowns and interception. Uh, the biggest disappointment of the game was Tyler Eifert. The tight end that has just been killing it all season, nine touchdowns, I think, on the season. He had three drops, and two of them were, like, crucial drops. 
And so he had his worst game uh, to me that I've seen him play this season. And um, speaking of drops and probably the worst game of, of the season, i got to go to the Tampa get, uh, beating Dallas 10-6. to Drop the Cowboys to two and seven. Tampa moves to four and five and kind of gets into the playoff mix into the wild card discussion. And man, Dez Bryant was targeted twelve times in this game and he only caught five. And he had two big drops and he had that interception that clinched at the end where he didn't even know where the ball was. Uh, so he has had a horrible game. He might need to stay out in the media's and just get back to whatever he was doing. But uh, Ray, I know you. I think you like Jameis Winston from the beginning, man. And Jameis Winston didn't have a great game, but to me, he still, he seemed like he has the confidence of the team that he can actually lead them somewhere. See the interceptions and stuff that he get. Some of them not his fault. They tip balls and things of that nature. Uh-huh. But what what I like about Jameis is he's not afraid, and he is standing in that pocket and he'll throw the ball. Now, when he need to move his feet, you know he can move his feet and you know make it make plays going towards the end zone, like he did. But he lost the ball on the way up. But you know, hey, things happen. But I like a guy that's balling, that's not afraid, and not afraid to take chances. He learned on the job. As you mm-hmm. can see, people say what they want, but Tampa Bay is winning football games, and you know. Like I said, they're going to push Mariota all they want and stuff. Mariota's doing a great job this year. Take nothing away from Mariota. But Mariota ain't won no full football games. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so sooner right. or later, you got to get a man some credit. And, you know, right now, he's doing it. And, you know, I, I like to watch him play. When Tampa Bay on, I like to watch him play because, you know, he might make a mistake here and there, but he's going to keep at it and he's going to keep on trying. And, you know, I was pulling for him. You know, when they got the ball back, he did a bootleg. He faked the whole team out. You know, it's just good to see James doing his thing because he got a lot of haters out there. And, you know, somebody got to be for you when all these people are against you. Well, I think he's um, he's definitely a, a confident quarterback and, uh, he was a little nervous in his interview with Pam Oliver. He called her sir <laughs> when he first – he said, yes, sir. Then he had to catch himself. But, uh, man, how far is Pam so Oliver cool. falling off, man? How far Not is she falling she wouldn't. She would never attractive. I mean, as far as her, her job – well, I just think she was all right. She had a body on her. But, I mean, as far as her job is concerned, man, she was on – she's interviewing Jameis Winston – and you can see the gum in her mouth, man. She's chewing with her mouth open. I'm like, man, no no professionalism whatsoever. It's like I know why she got demoted from the number one team because her weed was always busted and she just seemed like she didn't take care of herself. Now she got burgundy-colored weave in her head, and she's chewing gum during an interview, man. It's just, man, it just disgusted me to see someone as grown as she is not know any better. And man, I hope man. they just get rid of her, man. She just hey, man, just 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 tell them the truth. The only way I know how to tell it, like I say, when you look at these, some of these broads out here, like you talking about the weave and everything, you saying everything I'm saying. The only thing I'm saying is when you put up against one of these other chicks, it ain't even close. 
So, you know, we can talk about all day, well, we want somebody here like this and somebody like that, but, man, who wants to see that shit on Sunday? Come on, man. I just want somebody here that looks nice. It ain't got to be yours. It yeah. It got to look nice. Hey. Hey, but but it, it, you would prefer it to be that way, or you should anyway. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. What it is. You know, I'm glad somebody will see it beside me. So, but, yeah, she needs to go. All right. So, um, Daddy Rich, New England got over again, man, field goal. They beat the Giants. To me, Daddy Rich, I think the Giants blew this game, man. The Giants, I don't know what it is about Tom Coughlin, but his clock management sucks. They didn't run the clock. They missed opportunities to close this game out. And um, it's like, it's almost like it was like a role reversal, you know, kind of like when the Patriots had a chance to close the Giants out in that Super Bowl and didn't do it. You know, it was a role reversal. The Giants blew the opportunity, and now they're 5-5 and because of it. Daddy Rich. My bad. My bad. What the, what's going on? Man, this dude, man, get this boy multiple times in the show. What's going on? Man, are you drinking and smoking over there? Man, always, man. You already know. I had to take a brief intermission to get some munchies, man. You know how it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm chilling, man. You know. Right. Giants, Giants, Patriots. What's your opinion? <laughs> man, did the, did the Patriots win or did the Giants lose? The Giants gave that game away, man. They had that game and gave it to them. They went ahead and let them have it. They just laid down, basically, because it looked as if they had it, and then just I don't know what happened, man. They just gave it away, man. They didn't play hard. But I'll tell you this, though, uh, the coach, his ass is gone. He, he <laughs> He's not going to get saved this year. He's gone. He's gone. It's, it's over. <clears throat> it's over. I, I told you that, that Eli needed to find another team before the year started. And I still stick with that. I think that if he'd have gone somewhere else, he'd be a little better. He'd be better if he'd have found a team that that was a little better. He needs a, he needs better people around him. Well, he doesn't have Victor Cruz anymore. He has a season in the surgery. And, but what do you think? Did uh, New England win this or did the Giants lose it? Giants lost it, but I'm not as sympathetic about Eli Manning as Daddy Richie is Eli Manning is a Manning, okay? They're great regular season quarterback. Now, he does have two Super Bowl rings, so that makes True. him better than his brother. But he sucks during the regular season. So, it's not necessarily the receiver. It's just the fact that, you know, he just can't be oh. not as good as he had a good game. He had a good game. Hey, the Giants did a couple of things here. First, first of all, they gave the game out because simply because they just – I mean, Tom Coughlin can make some, some bonehead decisions, and he definitely made some bonehead decisions in this game. 
Uh, we've seen, I know I've seen two or three games this year where he's made bonehead play, you know, bonehead clock management, you know, which he just, I'm not sure where his head's at. Maybe he's got a little bit of Alzheimer's or something. I don't know. But bottom line of it is you can't make them kind of, you cannot make those kind of mistakes in a game of this magnitude. Um, I know he's won a couple of Super Bowls, but just because he won a, Super Bowl, a couple of Super Bowls doesn't make you that much, you know, give you a, a get out of jail free card, you know, on clock management. And he just he just he's gotta get it he's gotta do something about that. Um however other than that, um I mean New England just hung in there. And I didn't give these boys any kind of credit. But, you know, they the team you love to hate. But they hung in there. Um they went toe to toe with the Giants and, you know, this was another one of those games where, you know, this the Giants played them tough but they had all the opportunity in the world to beat them and they just they just gave him too much time, and you give Tom Brady time. He may not be able to get a touchdown, but he will drive him down and get get a field goal, and that's what happened. All right, Ray, what do you think about this game, man? The Patriots win or the Giants lost? Man, they stole this fucking game from the Giants, and, you know, I'm listening to what you guys are saying. I mean, like I see, man, y'all, my guys and all that, but damn. Y'all saw the game. The Beckham caught the ball and got both feet down. The play's supposed to be over. They said, oh, the ball came out simultaneously. Simultaneously, my ass, he had his foot down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's the Patriots. Landon Collins makes an interception. He turns a backflip, catching the ball, come down, and the ground calls the fumble, and they said he didn't hold the ball. That's bullshit right there. I mean, it was several opportunities. They basically just stole the game from the Giants. Now, we can say that did they match the clock correctly and all this and that at the end of the game when they kicked the field goal. I knew a field goal wasn't going to be enough against Kyle Brady. Yeah. But, hell, what could you do? Everybody wants you to run over the Super Bowl champion take guys to the 8-0, and and you driving in on them. It ain't that simple. Chandler Jones and, and uh, uh, old boy from uh, Southern Miss and all that, they ain't having that. So you got to realize that Giants did what they could, but to me they had two plays stolen away from them that could have put the game away for them. The Giants got the number. And I'm going to tell you all like this. If the Giants do make it to the Super Bowl, New England will not beat them again. And we can talk about Coughlin all we want. But any time you beat Belichick twice in the Super Bowl, you're a Hall of Fame coach because you beat the best coach of all time. All right. And uh, I'm trying to think of who you're talking about from Southern Miss. What, what's the one name? I mean, he all that. He can play all What, what position? He's lying back. Ja- Jamie Collins. Oh, okay, Collins. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's all that. He like uh, 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 Landis, whatever the dude's name was, years ago. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think um, – I think the Giants mismanaged the clock. Um, I didn't see all of those 
um, controversial calls that Ray mentioned, but I mean it is the Patriots, so I don't doubt it. Oh, you didn't you uh, didn't see the the the, the Beckham catch? They've been playing that all the movies because it's in New York, but New, saw, New York area. But I saw a highlight of. I only saw it once, but when I saw it, um, it was at a sports bar. And the volume was down, so I didn't know there was any controversy around it, so I really didn't watch it like I probably should have to see what they were talking about. So I had no idea. But um, I just remember seeing the catch and everything. But, uh, yeah, so the Giants come up short, and that drops them to 5-5. Five and five. And, uh, I mean, technically, I mean, Dallas is three games behind the Giants, but, man, Three games is a lot when you ain't got but nine left. Uh, I mean, seven games left. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't see them. I, I think they're kind of. I think they had to win Sunday, and they blew that opportunity to stay close. And um, I just think three games is too much to overcome with a um, an opponent you already split uh, the season series with. So, and the Cowboys clean house too. They waived Brandon Whedon. They cut Chris Michael, who they just traded for in Seattle. They cut defensive back Corey White, who I thought was playing halfway decent. And they cut a linebacker named Keith Smith, who I have no idea who he is. Um, Hakeem Nix is back with the Giants after they put Victor Cruz on IR. They signed him. So he's back with the Giants. All right. Um, Minnesota 30, Oakland 14. Minnesota moved to 7-2. and two. The Raiders dropped to four and five, um, their second straight loss. And Ray, I mean, the game was pretty close at first. You know, it was twenty to fourteen at the half, but in the fourth quarter, it just kind of all fell apart. Uh, y'all really couldn't get the running game going like you wanted to, or at least didn't stick with it. And then a couple of costly turnovers kind of put y'all behind the eight ball. No, we we the game was very close. But um, when we went in to make the score, uh, what was it, 23 to 21, the ball got tipped and they made an interception in the end zone. It would have been 21-23 had, you know, the ball not got right. tipped. Right, and they got, yeah, they cost an interception. And then, game. then when they came out, Adrian Peterson broke the run for 80 yards and made it 30 to 20 to 14. It mm-hmm. looked worse than what it was, but at the same time, you know, we didn't make the plays we need to make. And I think that the key to our team on offense is Rodney Hudson. And you know, I know I said I love Cooper. I like what Crabtree's doing. You know, Derek Carr, of course. You know. Is playing like a young Aaron Rodgers, but Rodney Hudson is the key to our offense line. Period. To making our offense run, the the running game, the passing game, the everything. And you know he was out, but you know we got a lot of young guys. We we make some mistakes. I think we'll get back on track. So at least I hope we do against Detroit this week. But um. You know, I, I can see the improvements, and we we playing a lot better than we have in in, in past years. I mean, we really look yeah. good. We in every game that we play, but you know, this Sunday was just 
the second game when we took a bad beating. And everybody, you know, we four and five, but we only been whooped twice. We got whooped by the Bengals in the first game, and then we got whooped Sunday. All the rest of the games, you know, they were very, very close. And then when you look at who we lost to, you know, Cincinnati, Denver, uh, Minnesota, all of these teams were undefeated or had one or two losses when we played them. But um, it, it it was a good game, but we just came up short. Yeah, and Minnesota's a lot better than people realize. And um, even though Teddy Bridgewater didn't have a good game, anytime AP goes to two hundred, you got a problem on your hands. And um, that dude's still getting it done. I mean, he could be you know the oldest guy to lead the league in in rushing for you know in a minute. So. Um, but um, he did score a touchdown this weekend, and um, that rushing touchdown moved him into the top ten list. He's now number ten all time with 91 touchdowns. So Adrian Peterson is now on the map as far as career touchdown leaders. So I thought that was pretty cool. And um, the Raiders are now in a logjam at four and five. Kansas City's four and five. Houston and the India four and five which they're both trying to get a division. Uh, the Dolphins are four and five, and then you have Buffalo and the Jets at five and four. So um, it's going to be crucial over the next few weeks here trying to get back into it. Uh, but the Chiefs did a number on the Broncos. This has to be the first game that I can recall in any sport where someone breaks an all-time record but and then gets yanked before the game is over. Man, what do you think about what's going on with the Broncos right now? Well, bottom line of it is, I mean, I think we, I think Oliver's kind of touched on the fact that he's been pretty much playing injured for a while, and I think they've known he's been playing playing injured, um, and they're letting him get out there and just, you know, he, he's ruining his legacy, he's ruining his body, and everything else. Um, you know, I don't think he was. I think he was kind of upset that you know he had to play. Um, just you know, I think he wanted to play and you know make a bigger impact. He was unable to make an impact. Um, in fact, he's being benched this week, and they starting the other guy um, simply because I mean he he he's been out all season. Um, well, he's hurt and, too now. At least they say he is. Well, yeah, I don't you know how true it is. Well, I mean, he he's playing hurt. I mean, you can definitely tell by the way he's passing the ball and things of that nature that he's not 100%. So, I mean, I, I looked at all those interceptions he threw Sunday. I don't think any of it had anything to do with bad foot. He made some bad Yeah, decisions. I don't either. I made well, some bad not, foot. It went on the I'm injury not, report. Well, he, you know, for me, I don't, you know, for me, I really don't care because I, I don't particularly care for him anyway. He's a great regular season quarterback. He got the numbers. I'm a regular season quarterback, but as far as being one of the greatest of all time, they, I don't give a damn. We do for ninety thousand yards. I really don't give a shit. You know, the man only got one ring, and you know that makes like this joker and got twelve. So um, I really don't give a shit about Peyton Manning personally. But you know, bottom line of it is, it's a change. You know, he needs to retire. It's time for changing the guard. Let the guy start the rest of the season. Maybe he can learn some things from Peyton as he's. You know, getting adapted to quarterback position, but it's time for them to move forward. Um, you know, he's he's had a you know a stellar career, 
numbers wise, and it's just, it's just time to make a change. Make that change. Take so, that change. Uh, yeah, Denver is seven and two now, and all of a sudden, home field advantage, which should have been very important to them, uh, is in jeopardy because now you're a game behind Cincy and you're two behind New England, and um, you know you got to worry about that home field. So Kansas City did a number on them, played some good defense. Akeem Tlaib was not there. They got to get that defense right in Denver and uh, find some way to get a running game because that's going to be different between them winning or not. And Ronnie Hillman having 42-yard rushing ain't going to get it. So C.J. Anderson with nine yards rushing. All right, last one we'll get into. Uh, the Cardinals 7-2 and two over the 4-5 and five Seahawks, 39-32. to 32. A game that looked like it was over at halftime. The Seahawks made a run and pushed it, but they came up with a touchdown short. And Daddy Rich, I just think, I mean, let's talk about Carson Palmer right now, Daddy Rich. Carson Palmer, to me, uh, it should be in the MVP discussion as far as what he means to his team, and along with Larry Fitzgerald, to be honest with you. Those two older guys are getting it done. Yes, indeed. I was just me and my friend were just talking about that. We were watching the game, and uh, you know Carson Palmer looks like he's uh, rejuvenated, it, man. Like he's found the fountain of youth or something. You know, it's kind of like uh, Montana when he went to uh, Kansas City. You know, he, he still had a little bit, and uh, you know Carson Palmer could easily sneak sneak this. Uh, Cardinal team into the Super Bowl, man. He easily could, especially the way the NFC is right now with Green Bay lapsing like they are. <laughs> well, yeah. Are you breaking up on me? Yeah, okay. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, they look good, man. Carson Palmer looks really, really, really good, man. He looks like he did when he first came in the league, man, just tearing it up. Okay. He's getting it done big time, man, and uh, he's just been impressive. He's been really impressive, so we'll see what happens uh, going forward. But, Ray, the uh, Seahawks aren't dead. I mean, they're five and f- four and five. They're not dead, but it's starting to get to the point to where they're going to have to start winning every game in a little bit because now – you're tied with St. Louis. You're tied with Tampa Bay. You're tied with Chicago, Philly, and Washington. And you're only a half game ahead of uh, the Saints. Yeah, I mean, you know, Seattle's lost some, some real tough ones this year. But I think with the whole team, as, as you look at them play, they made some wrong moves. You know, first, you know, Cam Chancellor doing the dumb shit that he did. You know, he messed up the chemistry, was a distraction to the team, and, you know, all that affects the team. People like to say, well, this is a business, you got to get yours and all this and that. You're already getting yours. You go from a fifth-round pick to $7 million a year, you know, 600000 to $7 million a year, you getting yours. So I don't want to hear nothing about that. Mm-hmm. Big distraction. Another thing, Russell Wilson, you know, I like Russell Wilson. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great quarterback. 
But what he what he screwed up at was he should have talked to the organization and told them, listen, I don't need no $21.9 million. I take 15, but I need Max Unger, you know, uh, Evan Mathis and guys like that out there. I take them. See, the reason why Braden them playing and looking like they 27 years old and they prime <coughs> is because they keep the uniform clean. They keep the uniform clean. And a lot of folks don't understand that. Everybody want to be the highest paid, the highest paid. Yeah, but all I see, I don't see the quarterback that I've seen the first three years. I see a guy dunking and running the whole fucking game. Dunking and running. They all say, oh, you ain't got no blocking. Well, you ain't thinking about that when you sign the contract. Right. You know, I'd rather be a guy going to the Super Bowl, winning and competing every single year, and the money's going to come in when you create a legacy for yourself. See, Tom Brady understands that. You know, that's why we're not haggling over no money. You know, Edelman and all these guys not holding out saying they want more money because we have something bigger. And I hate that see Seattle going through that. Yeah. You know, too good a team, too good an organization. And if they don't get back this year, I think it's going to be rough for them to get back the next few years because they just messed it up. Now everybody is Looking, got the hand out. Michael Bennett, all these guys got the hand out. How the hell are you gonna sign a contract and do the job? And when you do the job, you talk about you want more money. You know. So I hope they 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 get it together because I like Seattle as an organization. But right now, like you say, if they don't run the table, it's gonna be hard because either Green Bay gonna be the wild card or Minnesota gonna be the wild card, or yeah. you know. Uh, Fox got them Bears playing now, so it's going to be difficult. It is. It's starting to be a tight race. Um, and there's only, you know, seven weeks seven weeks left, so it's not a lot of time for these teams to kind of get things together going into next week. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, real quick, I definitely want to talk about Ronda Rousey this weekend. Um, Ronda Rousey oh, went up, please, I guess, please. a a buzzsaw by the name of Holly Holm. And if you haven't seen the fight, Holly Holm put the might not sauna and, uh, which, in, you know, what you put on people when to make sure they might to see it, you know, cause they might not get up and Ronda Rousey did not get up. Um, no, she put them definite sauna, but she definitely get up. <laughs> definite. So, so, uh, but, Ray, I know you saw it, man. Uh, what's your take on what happened around the Rousey? And what does this mean to her career? I mean, is this really a big deal that she's no longer undefeated? Man, listen here. A lot of folks don't want to tell it. Like, it really go because, you know, she's female and all that. But to me, I'm not concerned with that. I'm concerned about telling it the way that it is. Ronda Rousey thought that she was, you know, a, a big champion and, thought she going to take the sport to the next level. See, to me, when you got 10 or 12 fights, you ain't done enough mm-hmm. to even put yourself on the level with guys like Mayweather and people like that. But you ran with it, and people that actually entertained having a battle of the sexes fight between Mayweather and her, and they was thinking that she was going to win the fight. And now you they see what happened. 
I mean, she was all on late night shows talking about, oh, she's going to do this. I do this because I love it. Holly's mm-hmm. doing it because she wants to check. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, she. this is what she underestimated. This girl was a boxer, and she had them hand skills. See, mm-hmm. if they fight two more times, she's going to lose every single time because she ain't got an answer for that head whooping that Holly put on her. She's different. It's something. She caught her with something. She didn't see it and all that. If you guys have not seen the fight, go to YouTube and you watch the fight. This woman beat the brakes off of her. She really the whole did. Fight. And ain't Accurate punches. Rounds. Accurate I mean, punches. I, have, I, mean, I have never seen a champion or anybody that was supposed to get be great get beat like that ever. <laughs> just, just like Layla Ali said, you can't be the best if you get beat like that in your prime. Like that. It wasn't like she got hit by a lucky punch. She got right. whooped. Yeah. Just like Ronda Rousey took a girl that, that worked out there at Kmart somewhere and drug her <laughs> from behind the counter and beat her. Looked like she didn't have no skills at all. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it, it was, it, hey, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. I mean, she had no answer. And it's not yeah. going to have an answer. Then when she flew back over here, did you see her have her face covered up in the airport? When they put her in, inside the, the uh, SUV and all that, man, she's so embarrassed she can't show her face because she talked so mm. much shit. And Floyd can't really say what he wants to say because, you know, people going to jump all over you and stuff like that. You know how right. it is in America. Right. But the fact of the matter is she lost and lost Big badly. Time. You know, Buck, and Daddy Rich, either of y'all see the fight? Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I saw it the day after. And man, I tell you what, I mean, I don't. Sometimes, I mean, Ronda Rousey is, is, is a good puncher and good good fighter. The only thing is, I think she it seemed like she was a little bit unprepared. Um, she underestimated this girl, really. I mean, yeah, think about things for a minute. She kind of, she kind of like the Tyson to win their name. You know, Tyson, when he was in his prime, he was busting folks' ass and, just, you know, busting them in 10 or 15 seconds. I mean, you get to you, you know, you get used to whooping somebody so quick. You kind of you kind of lose some of your skill set a little bit. And, you know, then Buster Douglas come in there and he, he beat the brakes off Tyson. Well, the same thing happened, with, you know, here. When you are used to just really just tearing somebody's ass up, I mean, Ronda Rousey never had a chance to really hone her skills, if that makes sense. When you're whooping somebody in the first two rounds or, the, you know, first few seconds of the first round, I mean, there's only so much you can do when you train. The rest of it you got to learn in the, in the ring. And if you don't spend enough time in the ring, then your skill set's not tight. So I just think she's a victim of her own own success. I mean, she went in there, she, you know, she didn't train properly, maybe didn't study enough film, whatever the case may be. And, it was, you know, there was no lucky punches. She just got her ass beat. And, I, I honestly, but you know what, though? I think she can watch all the film she wants. I think if they fight again, right. the exact same thing's going to happen. That's um, what I'm I just think that Holly Holmes is too good of a boxer 
for her to contend with, and she's too strong for um, Rosie to take her down. If Rosie could take her down and do her little padding arm bar, you know, that that would be what she wants. But Holly wouldn't let her take her down. She was too strong. And I yeah, honestly think that, that she would drop them thunder cookies on her again. Did you guys see her on, on the late night show where she says she's going to try to box her and confuse her and try to kick her upside the head, but it's not going to go like that? Did you hear that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't hear that. And the girl did exactly what she said she wouldn't go let her do. See, <laughs> to me, when a person say, oh, loss is loss, it don't matter, loss is loss, no, it's not. When somebody loses a certain way, there's nothing you can do that can change that. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It ain't like, well, Floyd would have lost the Pacquiao or something. You say, well, Floyd would have been rolling his shoulder. He would use his jab. He would have done this that. Okay, second fight, it may go different. But when you see a guy that hits or a woman get dominated like that off of those boxing skills, yeah. this river now, this girl's 10-0. and 0. She was just an underdog because nobody knows her. She was a boxing champion. What can you do besides coming there with a gun up under your shorts? How are you going to whoop this woman? Somebody explain that to me. And rematch, and if they got Rousey favored on the rematch, we we going to drop something on that. Got you. Before you pay your rent, you drop it on that fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, well... She got hooked up. Floyd Mayweather took the high road. He didn't come at her all sideways. He told her, you know, she's going to be all right and, you know, all this good stuff. She just ran into a puncher, and he actually took the high road on this because I thought for sure he'd be laughing. No, he did He he did it right. He got 50 to do it for him. He denied he told 50 to do that, but yeah. he got 50 to do it for him. Of course. You, you know he's laughing at her. <laughs> but you gotta take the high road because you know all the women are against you, and you know, right. and you start going in on her, and they gonna bring up the fact that you beat women, you enjoy seeing women get beat up, you know how it goes. So that's just true. You think the high road is cool? He ain't got to kill because everybody else is killing up. Right. All right. Anybody got any um, college football news? All right, and I'm trying to think of who's playing this weekend, but I might take a look at that tomorrow um, as far as who's playing. Do a couple of who am I's, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Let somebody else. Oh, um, I guess we can talk about the fight this weekend, maybe on Thursday, uh, the Canelo-Cotto fight. And uh, I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going to watch that. And so... All right. Who am I? Daddy Rich, you awake? He ready. I'm here, man. He ready. I am a 5'11", 180-pound wide receiver drafted in the fourth round of the 1991 draft by the L.A. Raiders out of Notre Dame. Who I mean? Ragiv, Romanian something, Ishmael, all right? 
45 years old. I am a six foot three, two hundred and eighteen pound quarterback who turns fifty eight years old. Drafted. Um, I didn't say where he was drafted. He might. Well, he. I think he was drafted in the USFL. Uh, played his college ball in Washington. Inducted in the Hall of Fame, two thousand six. Most notably played with the Houston Oilers. Oh, Warren Moon. Warren Moon. Harold Warren Moon led the league back-to-back years, passing yardage with 46-89 in 1990 and 46-90 in 1991. Drafted in the CFL, not USA. Okay, that's where he was. That's right. Okay. All right. I am a six foot two. 241-pound linebacker who turns 50 years old today, drafted in the eighth round in 1986 by the Philadelphia Eagles out of the University of Texas, El Paso. You will not guess who I am. Texas, El Paso. Three-time pro bowler, wore number 59 for most of his career. Oh, Seth Jr., I be doggone. He sure got it. Seth Jordan. Played with the Eagles and the Cardinals, the Packers, and the Broncos. Good one, right? And uh, let's see. Who else we got here? And I got one more. I am a 5'10", 200-pound defensive back. Who turns 61 years old? Well, I'm sorry, nah, he ain't turning nothing. He's dead. Um, <laughs> he was 61 <laughs> years old when he died in 2010. He was he drafted in the, the first round of 1971 by the Oakland Raiders out of Ohio State University. Willie Brown? Who I mean is? Willie Brown? Nope. Oh, Jack uh, Tatum. No, uh, yeah. John David Tatum, the assassin. Mr. Yeah, Jack. I beat you right. I used to work with a guy stayed next to Jack Tatum's son. Oh, yeah? Up here. Yeah. I think he still stayed next to his son. Okay. He's the one that told me he died. Oh, man. Yep, three-time Pro Bowler, free safety, known mostly for his hits, finished with 37 interceptions um, in his career. Matter of fact, his last season uh, was his best season as far as interceptions. He had seven interceptions in his last season with the Houston Oilers. Never knew he went anywhere else, played with the Oilers. All right, so... um, Trying to think, are there any other sports stories that come to my mind? And nothing's coming to me. I got you, Warren. Um, Kentucky and Duke played today in basketball, so you know they kicked off college basketball, and I didn't watch it. Um, Alden Smith got hit by one year suspension for his third um, DUI. Um, Big Poppy will retire after next season, and. Big Poppy in baseball, been around about 20 years. 
My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. Call it, go ahead. I was told that I was a man-eater. I never really have a lot of pity for females when it comes to relationships. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Now, let me bring Amanda on the line. I didn't realize she was holding there. Amanda, what's going on? Hey, Q. Hey, everybody. Does that make sense? I like that. I'm going to say that again one day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Follow Q, guys. Thanks. Peace out.